0: Hey, this is Tim from Kalamunda Church of Christ. And today I hope that this podcast blesses you. If you are wanting to know anything more about our beautiful church, why don't you hop online and head to our website at kalamunda.church. My name's Brad. I'm one of the pastors here. And it's great to be with you this morning. Here, feel free to throw them rugs back if you want. If wants a rug, there's a couple of rugs down there. One of the pastors here. It's great to be with you this morning um and we we are heading into a week of prayer as um, as I mentioned last week so yeah tomorrow morning hope you will hopefully have the heaters a bit more warmer at 7am tomorrow morning in here to pray uh, each morning this week so even if you can come for uh, just a, a short while, you want to come and start your day there, you want to come and spend the whole hour from 7 to 8 praying, uh, or doing your devotional, reading your Bible, um, we'll just have a bit of background worship on and pray together. Uh, look, so I'm looking forward to that this week and there's, there's then, then points in the newsletter that I've sent out to sort of shape our prayers but the, there's probably more things to pray about, there's lots of things to pray about. So uh, it's just setting our hearts and posturing our lives as a church going into the second half of this year, Yeah. The premiership quarter, the third quarter. So, looking forward to it. Hey, um, if, you, if you hang around and have a coffee in the foyer today, you'll notice the foyer is looking a bit different and um, it's looking uh, for some tables and chairs. And I just wanted to, to mention that we're opening the foyer up on Thursday. Uh, from 10 a.m. to 11.30 a.m. for coffee and connect, just for you to come and have a free barista coffee. Uh, the best-looking person in our church is going to be making some. Um, no, it's my wife, not me. <laughs> And this uh, so guy's going to be doing some barista coffee and, we, and just come and connect. Um, we want to open that space up. A, a young guy, Elliot, has put a lot of work into that foyer and uh, he's put a lot of effort and energy because he has a heart for hospitality and so there's tables and chairs out there that weren't in our budget that have been donated and things like that just because there are people who are coming along to Kalamunda who are catching the vision that God's got something special for this church in the future and we want to prepare ourselves and we don't need things to, to Being a budget, we can use initiative and make things happen, and it's just exciting. And I love his heart, so we want to start doing that this week. is just a bit of a first test to open it up. So bring a friend or come and have a coffee and chat, and uh, it'll be a wonderful time together as we create that space for connection. Amen. Amen. Hey, if you got your Bibles there, Uh, if you got your Bibles there, there's going to be a. uh, there's going to be a bit of Bible today. So, if you came to church not expecting the Bible to be preached, you're going to be disappointed. But go to 1 Corinthians chapter 12, chapter 13, and chapter 14. We're not going to read them all, but I'd love you to, if you've got your devices, to open up and be at that space. Uh, before I do, we've been in this series for the, on the Holy Spirit, and um, we've been talking about the fruit of the Spirit. And today, I'm actually going to sort of do an introduction on the spiritual gifts, the gifts of the Spirit. Uh, let me read Ephesians one verse three before we go to the Corinthians. It says, "Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ." Isn't it good news that we've been blessed not just with some spiritual blessings, not just with a little bit of leftover, but with every spiritual blessing? See, God has not left us powerless uh, when He sent the Holy Spirit. He he filled us with everything that we would need. And one of the things He's given the church, His people, is a thing called spiritual gifts. Um, We've been examining the fruit of the Spirit. And who knows, the fruit of the Spirit is really important. In fact, who thinks the fruit of the Spirit is more important than the gifts of the Spirit? Who thinks the gifts of the Spirit are more important than the fruit of the Spirit? I think they're both as important as each other. Trick question, sorry. I just think they're both as important. I think we need everything that God has given us to be healthy and whole. I think we need everything God has given us to be a wonderful word, balanced, to have good balance in our life. Did you know that in the Old Testament, um, the priests, there was in Exodus chapter 39, there was instructions on the priests and what they would wear. So think about this, a minister ministering and uh, that God had had certain things about his fashion that were important. And did you know that the hem of the priest's garment, God said, what I want you to have is uh, to put a gold bell there on the hem of the garment for lots of other reasons too, but they would have this gold bell. And then you know, next to the gold bell, they would have pomegranates. Uh, It actually talks about it in verse 26, 25. They made bells of pure gold and put the bells between the pomegranates. Grammets of the hem of the robe all around between them. So a bell. A pomegranate, a bell, a pomegranate, a gift, a fruit, a gift, a fruit. Because who knows, if you're just all gift with no fruit, you're a clanging cymbal and it's bell, 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 bell. And no one wants to hear that. They want to see character and charisma. That's what's going to win the world. And so when that pomegranate, it will just balance things out because there's a fruit and there's a gift. And it's so important that we're ministering to people that we minister in love with the gifts of the Spirit. So here we go. I hope you're ready this morning. I want to just preface everything I'm about to say with this. I am not an expert on the gifts of the Spirit. Uh, I'm on a real journey myself with the gifts of the Spirit. I never heard a single teaching growing up on the gifts of the Spirit. It always seemed like they were controversial. It always seemed like gifts of the Spirit divided people. It always seemed two things. You either avoid them altogether or you abuse them. It's like there was these two extremes. We don't talk about it. It's too hard or they're they're getting abused and the gifts of the Spirit are abused. And so what often would happen is a church will throw the baby out with the bathwater and just try and not talk about it. But here at Kalamunda, we are a Spirit-filled and Spirit-led church. And we believe that the gifts of the spirit are needed for us. We believe that we are powerless without them. And so we want balance for sure, but we're not gonna avoid it and we don't want to abuse it. Does that make sense? I've discovered that the abuse of the spirit spiritual gifts is not God's fault. It's not God, it's us, it's people. Um, there will always be abuses. There will always be sometimes avoidance, avoidances, but we still need them. Paul said it this way in 1 Corinthians, where well, we're heading, but for chapter 2, verse 4, in the next slide, it says, And my speech and my preaching were not with persuasive words, but spirit and of power. He said, I didn't just come with words and information, but rather with a revelation and then a demonstration that the Spirit of God is alive and active today. And he said that your faith should not be in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. If you're sitting here today, you're sitting on your testimony of what God did in your life, I'm sure you became a Christian, not just because some information you received, but because of God's power in your life, making Jesus real to you. Um, here at Kalamunda, our heart is that we discover spiritual gifts that are here that we're sitting on. I heard the the, the story that in the in the great Great Depression, there was a guy, a farmer by the name of Mr. Yates, and he was a, a sheep ranch owner. Um, I'll just read it. He was. He was, during that depression, he was really struggling in his operation to pay the principal and interest on the mortgage, so he was in danger of losing his ranch. With little money for clothes or food his, for his family, like many others, he had to live on government subsidy. Day after day, he grazed his sheep over the rolling West Texas hills. He was no doubt greatly troubled about how he would pay his bills. Then, if I can pronounce this word, a seismograph, see, seismographic crew, seismic, thank you, I went to Muckamboon District High School, okay? Don't judge me. Uh, from From an oil company, catch this, came into the area and told him there might be oil on his land. They asked permission to drill a wildcat well and see and signed a lease contract. At 1,115 feet, they struck a huge oil reserve. The first well came in at 80,000 barrels a day. Many subsequent wells uh, wells were more than twice as large, and in fact, 30 years after the discovery, a government test on one of the wells showed it still had the potential to flow 125,000 barrels of oil a day. And Mr. Yates owned it all. The day he purchased the land, he had received the oil and the mineral rights, yet he'd been living on relief, a millionaire in poverty. And I want to encourage you that in this room, we are sitting on a gold mine of gifts. A gold mine. We don't know what we could tap into, what God can do as they are developed, realized developed and deployed and released in our lives that we realise the richness that God has given us. And that's our heart here, is that you come to Calamunda and you don't just hear stuff from Brad, that you hear stuff from the Holy Spirit, discover who He's created you to be and minister and release out of that, amen? So what is spiritual gifts? Let me give you a few definitions. They're not on the screen, so you'll have to be quick with taking these notes. But spiritual gifts are graces and spiritual abilities Every believer is given. Just as the gift of salvation is by grace through faith, so are spiritual gifts. Spiritual gifts are supernatural manifestations of God Himself in the person of the Holy Spirit and are always on a higher level than mere human ability can achieve. Spiritual gifts are manifestations, something that is uh, perceivable by human senses, The Holy Spirit manifests Himself through these gifts and we become aware through our senses of His working. Whilst you can't see the Holy Spirit right now, you can't see Him in other people when you see the gifts, it's actually Him that is showing up and you can perceive Him with your senses. Spiritual gifts are given to build up the church, share the gospel, His message and glorify God. So who wants to have a guess at how many spiritual gifts there are? Nine, seven, six. Well, we're going down, getting less. There's actually, um, in the Bible, there's three specific places. Again, we're not going to go there. It's more of an introduction this morning. In Ephesians 4, there are mentioned five gifts given to the church, which is apostle, prophet, teacher, Pastor, teacher, and evangelist. Pastor, teacher. Five-fold ministry. And these are offices. These are people gifts given to the church. And these these gifts are more of the office of a gift. So, you know, you might not be a prophet, but you can operate in the prophetic. God can do that through you. You might not be a teacher, have the gift of teaching, but we're all called to teach the Word of God to our children and to other people. You might not be an evangelist, but we're all called to do the work of an evangelist. And to and, to, and, and you know, in the church right now, those fivefold expressions, we, we, there would be people that would sit, sort of lean into one of them. You might be more apostolic today. You might be that sort of go-getter, go forward. Let's take on new ground. You might be more prophetic. So, man, when we start talking about prayer and hearing from God, like you're you're getting excited. You might be more uh, into teaching. And so, when we open up the Bible, you're like, nah, no, I couldn't stand the worship. But man, now we're finally getting into the teaching. I want the Word of God. Or you might be more like me, evangelistic. I'm like, who's getting saved today? Come on, I don't, I'll just, I'm just. That's what I'm passionate about. So I lean into that one, looking out. But But then there's this pastor role, this shepherd role, and I'm not the only pastor here. I'm not the only shepherd. There are people in this place who have that pastor's heart to shepherd people. And so there's five gifts just there alone. Uh, Then in Romans 12, there's another about seven gifts five plus seven. Yep. Thank you. Like I said, I will need help with maths. Then we're coming to Corinthians 12, which someone said nine gifts. So there's around about somewhere between 18 to 22 gifts mentioned around those three passages. These are spiritual gifts. These are not human skill sets. These are spiritual graces on people's lives. And so it doesn't really matter what the actual number is. It's just interesting to know. And what I'd like to point out is there is many. And it's good to know that. So let's get into 1 Corinthians 12 verse 1 and we're going to walk through some stuff here and um, again, we're not going to really, I'll, I'll just start and we'll see what God does. Here we go. Uh, Paul says this, 1 Corinthians 12, remember he wrote to this church, just like us, a church, but they're in Corinth and they've got problems, not, a, not abnormal for a church. They've got problems and some of the immaturity with the, with the giftings and how they're being used and things like that and Paul's writing for some correction Um, So he's all for the gifts, he just wants them to be used healthily, safely, effectively. So this is what he says. Now concerning spiritual gifts, brethren, I do not want you to be ignorant. That word ignorant, the meaning of that word is to be without knowledge. It is to be uninformed. Uninformed. Um, what he's saying here is spiritual gifts, the first thing is don't be ignorant and I think for most of my life I've been rather uninformed about spiritual gifts. Uh, Ignorant, uninformed and again because they're not the main thing of the gospel and as I said last week, churches of Christ, one of the things we're founded on is in essentials, unity. In non-essentials, diversity. This is that area. Spiritual gifts is a non-essential for your salvation. It's a non-essential to get to heaven. But it is so we celebrate diversity. I celebrate today that there could be people sitting here who have trauma come up in their life when they think of spiritual gifts because they've seen it abused or they felt it's been abused in their life. I remember when I first went to a Pentecostal church as a 19-year-old and not, never experienced that, and just uh, it was it was like it was like I was in Fight Club or something because they were pushing people over, and I went up the front and I said, "I don't want to fall. I'm not. You don't push me. Push me over." And I'm like, "Don't do that." And I'm like, "What's going on? If God wants me to fall over, I'll fall." over i've come now these days i don't i don't really mind push me around whatever i'll just go with the holy spirit but um you know people can be like uninformed and without knowledge of spiritual gifts and sometimes we can scare away so we celebrate diversity that there'll be many different places where you sit but hey don't let don't let your past or your fear hold you back from what Paul is saying here, that he's actually passionate about spiritual gifts. The Bible says this in Proverbs 19 too. It's not on the screen. Enthu- enthusiasm without knowledge is no good. Haste makes mistakes. So biblical education can help precede healthy participation when it comes to gifts. Let's go down to verse four. There are diversities of gifts, but the same Spirit. There are differences of ministries, but the same Lord. And there are diversities of activities, but it is the same God who works all in all. So there's diversities in gifts, ministries, administrations, um, activities. And then verse 7, which is a real key verse. But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to each for the profit of all. That's really key. It's and it's getting into the gifts. Some of the gifts, the manifestation of the Spirit. See, that's really what gifts are about. they gifts don't manifest gifts. Like a word of knowledge doesn't say, "Hey, I'm a word." It manifests the Holy Spirit. It's the Holy Spirit activity, and it's given. Everyone has a manifestation of the Spirit gifts in your life. You you uh, you have them. You're sitting on a gold mine. Um, and it's given not for the profit of you, of all people. So four key things about the gifts here that we see, uh, the gifts are, they are just that, gifts. So they're not earned, they're not worked for, and they're not a sign of spiritual maturity. Gifts are never a sign of spiritual maturity because they are given just like, um, just like you when you were born you were inherited or given certain skills that maybe were in your DNA that you just are really good at. When you were born again, you were given, free gift of God, gifts from God. And there are gifts, (laughs) whereas character and the fruit of the Spirit are more of the spiritual maturity, and we need both. And so they're, they're gifts. Number two, they're available to all. It says to each is given. Nobody misses out. That's great news. And the more people functioning in their giftings, the more effective the body of Christ will be. Uh, number three, the word manifestation. As I said before, it is all about the Holy Spirit's work and activity. And number four, the gifts are supernatural. We're not talking about natural human ability. If someone says, oh, I just love it when they play the piano, that's your spiritual gift. I know people in pubs that play piano, awesome! Awesome! They're not a Christian. Is that the, it's not a, so it's not your talent. Talents are different from spiritual gifts. Spiritual gifts are supernatural, God-given ability. Uh, I know that when I'm preaching at times, I go back and listen. I'm like, man, that wasn't me. That was the gift of grace of God on my life when someone says, oh, really, God really spoke to me like this through that. And I'm like, that's the gift of exhortation. And when I, when, I give, when I give something that I sense God speaking on and it speak, it's the right word from God for the right person at that right time and it's not my ability. I didn't learn that at Bible college. You can't. And so they are supernatural in nature. So the purpose of these gifts is where I really want to focus this morning. Let's go down to verse eight and it says this, for to one is given the word of wisdom through the Spirit, to another the word of knowledge through the same Spirit, to another faith by the same Spirit, to another gifts of healings by the same Spirit, to another the working of miracles, to another prophecy, to another discerning of spirits, and to another different kinds of tongues, and to another the interpretation of tongues. Verse 11, But one and the same Spirit works all these things. Catch this, distributing the Holy Spirit, not me, Not you. He's distributing to each one individually as he wills. There's a lot in this this morning, isn't there? So don't worry, we're not going to dive into each of these gifts this morning uh, particularly, but uh, there's three sort of sets there. There's revelation gifts, there's power gifts, and there's inspiration gifts. There's nine there, but as I said, there's so many more in the Bible these are just the nine that Paul points out here. But my focus this morning that I really want to land on now is why the gifts? Not so much what the gifts are like and explaining them for today, but why the gifts? And there's the gifts are for others, um, both believers and non-believers, believe it or not. then <laughs> um, They're to be used to bring edification but there is two foundational stones that you have we have to have down pat to see the gifts work effectively and it's really seen in these chapters and the two foundational stones are this unity and love paul goes on to say that the gifts flow healthily and correctly when the church is in loving unity you think about it chapter 12 which we're in now gifts and then he goes to talk about the body being one Chapter 13, love. The body, unity, love. Chapter 14, orderly conduct with how the gifts are used. See the bells and the pomegranates there? The, chapter 12 is the bell. Then he puts in the pomegranate. Then he puts another bell in. Chapter 14 about speaking in tongues. But then he puts another pomegranate in about order and things should be done in a proper way. Unity. And diversity in the body. So we go down to verse twelve. It says this: For as the body is one and has many members, but all the members of that body, being many, are one. Remember, he's just spoken about spiritual gifts, and then he's going on about this oneness. So also is Christ. Go down to verse twenty. Now, but now indeed there are many members, yet one body. And this is the key here. And the eye cannot say to the hand, dot 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 dot. The eye, I don't. I have no need of you. See, gifts without unity are like a body where the foot says, I want to be the hand. It's like where ego gets into churches and it's about, I want to be doing this and it's out of selfish reasons and we're not secure enough just to be the part of the body God's called us to be. And when we rest in how he's gifted us, but we know we've got to be in the body, the body starts to function healthily because the key here is that unity is bread when we get this really important truth, gifts are not the goal. Gifts are the gateway to the goal, which is edification, building one another up, seeing the gifts used. And they are meant to bring, gifts should bring two things, unity, sorry, one, one key thing, but unity in the church and not division. Isn't that interesting? Paul says gifts should, really what he's saying there, they they're going to bring unity. As the body works together, but who knows, the devil attacks things so hard that are so powerful. And he has made it out so hard, so much so that he doesn't want the gifts released. He attacks that and he attacks that unity. Um, you know, But the thing is, when gifts are released, one gift released can be worth a thousand sermons in someone's life. One manifestation of healing could be worth a whole year's worth of sermons, so to speak. A word of knowledge to a person. I remember when we were in Townsville, and we were uh, pastoring the Townsville Church of Christ, and um, and I had uh, announced that was thinking about announcing this resignation because the things weren't working out. And uh, long story, another sermon but I was thinking that we, we probably need to head back home and I, I was stirring in my, my gut and so I went to a, a service at, a night, at another church on a Sunday night because we didn't have night church and uh, Sky and I went together and, um, and I just stood at the back because I didn't really want to, you know, just stand at the back, just want to worship and hear from God. They had a guest speaker from Brisbane so I'd never met in his life. I'd never been to this church before either <laughs> and uh, he gets up and he's doing his sermon and then he gets to the end of his sermon and, he, and, and he's about to stop and close it off, and then he just points down the very back corner where me and Sky are standing, and I'm sort of, because I didn't, I didn't think it was that great a sermon really, and I was like sort of switched off, and he goes, the couple at the back, so whenever, whenever that happens to you, do what I do, I always do this. <laughs> so I'm like looking around, and there's no one behind us because we're at the back and he said yeah I just just I've got something I want to share with that couple at the back and and he said I just have a picture of you right now and there's a picture that you're on a road and this road has caved you know I get emotional thinking about it because I remember it just pounding in my heart this road there's a big hole in it and you're at the bottom of this this big hole in the road and he said he pointed to me and he said you're trying to claw your way out you're getting all these solutions how do we get out what do we do how do we get out and then he pointed at Skye no one knew she was pregnant and he said you know there's a protection around your stomach there's you've got something on the inside of you like he knew that she was pregnant and he's talking about don't stress about that and so he prayed for us but he said I want you to know God's word for you is that after this little hole the road gets smooth there's coming this smooth road and I just want you want to be encouraged by the Holy Spirit and I just thought man that was worth a million sermons just him releasing whether it's a word of knowledge a word of wisdom but something from God Now, I want to encourage us, that sort of thing doesn't have to happen in a church service, on a platform. It's just part of our daily life when we just live it and breathe it every day. Because the gift is not the goal. The edification of the other person, building them up, is the goal. Does that make sense? Excellent. You with me? The other thing is love, unity and love. Love is where the gifts flow best. This is the reason why. Love is always focused on others And without love, your gift will become all about you. If I don't truly love other people, then I'm just doing this preaching so I get edified. (laughs) So it's all about me, so I get built up. But, you know, God puts a love in our heart for others to become all that He wants them to be. And out of that love, we want to use our gifts. Gifts flow best when love is the goal. 1 Corinthians 13 says this, Though I speak with the tongues of men and of angels. Tongues of men and of angels. But have not love, I have become a sounding brass and a clanging cymbal and bells. Bang, bang. And though I have the gift of prophecy and understand all mysteries and all knowledge. And though I have all faith so that I can remove mountains. That's pretty cool. But have not love, I am nothing. Nothing. And though I bestow all my goods to feed the poor and though I give my body to be burned, but I have not love, it profits me nothing. Without love, Paul puts that right in the middle of the passages on the gifts. Because people don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. That's the truth. Love, love is where the gifts flow. The reason we want to exercise our gifts is so others get the benefit and the kingdom of God advances and the glory goes to God. All glory to him. If you go down a few passages there uh, to 1 Corinthians thirteen eight, 8. Um, yeah, I will go there. It says this. I think I put it on. I was going to take it out. Love never fails. Um, this is an interesting section of scripture where um, doctrines and denominations have been built to say that because of this next bit I'm about to read to you, uh, the, the gifts aren't for today. Most of the gifts aren't for today. So I want to read it to you uh, because this is what I grew up being taught. Uh, So let me read it to you. Love never fails, but where there are prophecies, they will fail. Where there are tongues, they will cease. Where there is knowledge, it will vanish away. For we know in part and we prophesy in part. But when that which is perfect has come, then that which is in part will be done away. Now, what they believe there... Some people believe and again, this is not an essential. So I will still go to church with you if you believe this. I'll still love you. I'll still pray for you. But some people believe when it says that which is perfect has come is referring to the canonization of Scripture, the Bible, that we have the perfect revelation and therefore the, the, the miracles and the signs and wonders and the gifts didn't need to keep going. They died out with the last apostles because it was only the apostles who could, who could use them gifts. So they, they would say that interpreting that and these people, uh, sections of Christianity who we love, are known as cessationism. So cessationism means that the gifts ceased at that time and they are not for today. I personally, uh, in my studies, cannot sit in that place uh, for a few reasons which I'd like to give you. Number one is that the perfect coming, I believe, is referring to Jesus, to His coming, because about three verses down, it talks about we'll be face to face, where we'll see Him face to face. It talks about uh, that, that fulfilment. But, but not only that... Um, If that's true, if prophecies will fail, if tongues have ceased, then wouldn't it mean that knowledge would also be finished? So that knowledge would be gone too. And who knows that knowledge hasn't passed away. We still have that knowledge. So so that doesn't, I don't get it from that. Also from Acts chapter 2 with the manifestation of the Holy Spirit in Pentecost uh, known as the promise from the Father. And when Peter preached about the promise. He said, this promise of the Holy Spirit, which you now see and hear, people speaking in other tongues, being baptised in the Spirit. He said, this promise is for you and for your children and for your children's children and for all as many as the Lord God would call. That's me. The gifts are for me. The Holy Spirit's for me. The manifestations are for me. And so I just think, no, that's the perfect hasn't come yet because we are still looking partly. It's still pretty dim, I think. And we need these gifts to see. But here, here's the thing. Regardless of your view, we're called to unity and love. Unity and love are the input goals for the outworking of effective releasing. And then let's jump down. We're going to jump right down. 1 Corinthians 14, verse 39. Therefore, brethren, desire earnestly to prophesy and do not forbid to speak with tongues. First 40, let all things be done decently and in order. I was just sort of glossing over these three chapters. They're powerful chapters. Let all things be done decently And in order, Paul is clear that gifts should be embraced. Don't forbid them, desire them, but do not let them lead to confusion and disorder. Will the church always get this perfect? No! No, they won't, and we won't going forward as we see this space embraced more. There will be mistakes sometimes. There will be learnings. There will be, but but we want to be clear that Paul, we, we that is that is our desire that things are done decently and in order. We want to be spiritual, not spooky, as I always say. Amen. The purpose of the gifts—they are for the profit of all. Um, that that to be embraced. So, I think it's my second last scripture, Peter. 1 Peter 4.10, because really that's the thing. Once we get in unity and love and embrace the gifts, then we do have to come to a place where we let the gifts be released and where we actually use what God's given us. And like I say, sometimes it can start off a little bit clunky. Yes, it's a gift, but even gifts can be developed more and more and honed, but it is a spiritual grace. It says this, "...as each has received a gift, use it to serve one another." See, that's the key there. That's the purpose of the gifts—to serve one another as good stewards of God's varied grace. Whoever speaks as one who speaks oracles of God, whoever serves as one who serves by the strength that God supplies, in order that everything God—sorry, in order that in everything God may be glorified through Jesus Christ. To Him be the glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. The question this morning is: Will we use our gifts? The purpose of them and the why behind them, we might not know what they are yet, but that's okay. It's more important, I believe, to know why you're going to use them before what they even are. You're going to use them to promote the common good of the body, to build up the church, to prepare us for works of service until we all reach the unity of the faith and the knowledge of the Son of God. Amen? That's what it is. We're on that journey. So in closing, I've got one last scripture and I'm going to close off um, and pray for us and then open up, as we always do, if you would like prayer this morning. Uh, There's much more to say on this subject, and there will be more to say. I would encourage you, some of the best things, uh, best ways to dive into the gifts are in your own personal study and life. Um, But I still think it's a great thing for us to to talk about. Uh, The last scripture is what Paul said to young Timothy. He said this, Therefore I remind you to stir up the gift of God which is in you, Through the laying on of my hands. I love that thought. Are you stirring up the gift of God that is within you? Another translation fan into flame the gift of God. And I just want to give you a few closing applications of how to do that in our own lives. How do I fan into flame when you've discovered God's got gifts on your life? Uh, One of the key ways is to be open to the Holy Spirit without fear. The Holy Spirit is a gentleman. The Holy Spirit is a spirit of pure love and joy and peace. He doesn't come to scare you. He's not going to make you. You know, people are, some people are, and this is legitimate. I don't make fun of this. Legitimately have a fear that maybe I'll be standing in woolies at some time uh, in the line and if I open myself up to the Holy Spirit, I'll just start speaking in tongues. It won't happen like that. The Holy Spirit, you're never in more control than when the Holy Spirit is control, in control of you. Uh, I'm not, I could go down a whole tangent there, but I won't. But uh, be open to the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Be open to inviting Him in. Uh, number two, ask God to flood you with love. It's not about you. Gifts are about others. To flood you with His love for others, that's the platform to release your gifts with true love. Number three, desire the gifts, but the giver more. As we desire, we should desire gifts, but the giver more. First Corinthians fourteen says, "Pursue love, verse one, and desire spiritual gifts." So, see that thing. Fill me with love but it's healthy to desire gifts out of the right motive. Not that it's about me. Not that, hey, look, I've got a gift over here. Has everybody seen it? Just making sure. No, but it's out of a love that I can use this gift to bless other people, to build the body of Christ up. Make sense? Um, number five. Number four, sorry, feed on the Word of God about gifts. Get into the Bible. Read 1 Corinthians 12, 13, 14. Ask God to show you the gifts. Go through where they are in the other places. And number five, exercise gifts in a safe place. Uh, What I would say a safe place is where gifts are in line with the Word of God and are under spiritual leadership and authority um, in safe places. But small groups and connect groups and places like that, Not every gift will be expressed on a Sunday morning. Some will, but the gifts aren't just for Sunday morning. They're for every day living. And I want to encourage you to be open, to open our hearts up to that. Would you stand with me? I'm going to pray for us. I'm actually going to just allow, if you're comfortable, to close your eyes as as Tim's just strumming that guitar, as we're just in the attitude of worship. I just want to take a couple of moments to uh, allow Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, welcome it here. Welcome in this place. Holy Spirit, in the last days, in the last days, God said through the prophet Joel, I'll pour out my spirit on all flesh, all flesh. The sons and daughters will prophesy people see visions and have dreams. Father, right now, Holy Spirit, would you just deposit visions, dreams, graces. I pray for people here this morning who are opening up saying, Holy Spirit, fill me, flood me with love for others. Show me my giftings that I can just release it. Sometimes it's good to ask a trusted friend, hey, what, what, what are the gifts? You think, think, you think I've got any spiritual gifts? Because the Bible says I definitely have them. What are they? What do you see in me? Holy Spirit, I just declare over our church, Father, a safe place, a place not of fear, but a place of embracing all your gifts, Father, a place where they are effective. Lord, I thank you for the gifts of healings, in this place, for the working of miracles, Lord. But not only that, for the gifts of mercy, the gifts of giving, the gifts of administration. Thank you that you've given us everything we need. We stand on this gold mine of gifts here at Calamunda, and our prayer is that Holy Spirit, you lead us and guide us to use them effectively. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I'm going to... bit after 10.30 now. I'm actually going to close it off with a prayer and dismiss you. But Tim and Jess are going to play a couple of songs. And if you're on the prayer team, I think we haven't got the roster quite up. But if you're on the prayer team, can you come down if you'd like to be, make yourself available to pray for people?